to change or not to change? That is the question. As we progress on Therapist in Motion podcast, we want to take a step back and talk about what it means to be on a journey. A journey is a long and often difficult process that requires personal change, professional development, and self-reflection. Welcome to Therapist in Motion podcast, brought to you by Spooner Physical Therapy. Welcome back to Therapist in Motion podcast. This is Dan today. And as I kind of alluded to in the introduction, we are going to take a little different path today. It's not going to be a conversation, but rather a single person talking. Yes, that's right. You get the pleasure of listening to me over the next, I don't know, 25 to 35 to 40 minutes, depending on how passionate I get about this topic. As uh, Jen Lee, Paul Galliano, and I were discussing, you know, kind of the next steps for our podcast, we realized that, you know, we haven't really given our listeners an opportunity to know who we are um, and our journey across our professional development, how we found our way to PT, if that's a part of our journey, you know, the people that have influenced us over the course of our professional development. And, you know, to let you guys know as listeners that we don't necessarily have all the answers. Um, When the three of us get together, we are able to stimulate each other enough to probably come up with some good content and some content that'll help you guys on your professional development. But I also want you guys to be able to know who we are a little bit more in depth and you know, a little bit of our story that might help some of you who are on your journeys realize that you're kind of in a similar path um, and you're looking for something new or different. And hopefully the three of our personal stories may uh, give some insight and, and refuel some passion for you all to continue within this wonderful progression and, and profession. All right. So with that being said, you know, uh, if you guys are regular podcast listeners, you know that sometimes I can get a little passionate and uh, excited about various topics. Um, And one of those is professional development and and bettering not only ourselves, but our profession. Um, So I just kind of want to take a little bit of time to share my story and my journey and kind of how I've got to where I am and where I'm headed. And, you know, some of the struggles that I've dealt with, um, you know, over the years, I've really felt passionate about being able to share my story in a a lot of different settings. And I've been able to do that in a couple different unique settings. Um, I was recently listening to another podcast where... Um, the host was speaking to how passionate he is about being able to talk about topics that he wants to talk about. And I feel like that's one of the things we've been able to do with our Therapist in Motion podcast is talk about things that that we think you all as, as listeners would like to hear as well as things that the three of us or four of us or five of us, how many are on, are on the podcast, want to talk about as well. Um, so I'm excited to kind of do a solo podcast here. It's a little unique, um, so bear with me a little bit, and, and hopefully I can provide some value, co- valuable content. Um, so as I kind of go through my journey, uh, I'm going to highlight a, a fair amount of different people throughout my life who has had a positive impact and been able to, um, you know, allow me to clear my mind and get a fresh look and perspective. Um, that has led to change and led to refueling of my passion. Um, so that's kind of kind of be something I circle back around to is, you know, to challenge you guys and your development on 
when in your life have you come to one of those crossroads that has led to change and refueled your passion and who are the people that have been involved in that? And or if you're in a small practice, what are your avenues to to access those opportunities when you feel like you're stagnating to make yourself better? Um, so I kind of want to go back to almost the beginning. I mean, not when I was born, obviously, but um, it was my days as an athletic training student at Augustana College, now Augustana University in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And it kind of goes back to the core faculty at that time, which was uh, Brian Gary, Andy Banky, Emily Whiting, um, and what they saw in me and where my passions were starting to um, align during my my core didactic curriculum in undergrad. And you know, it came to one point where I was with our men's basketball team. My I believe it was my sophomore year with Jeff Moots and we were just kind of hanging out and all of a sudden he was like, you know what? You really like the rehab side of things more so than you like the taping of the ankles and managing the ice and, you know, all those other things that come with with an athletic trainer's responsibility. And don't get me wrong, those things are fun, but you know, they're also a little tedious. And so Jeff challenged me to, you know, spend some time talking to BG about what my path really looked like. And as I was talking to BG, BG was like, you know what? I think I want you to, to shout out my friend, Bill, who's a physical therapist um, at the time with, with um, Sioux Valley Hospital Outpatient Orthopedics, which is now Stanford, uh, San- Sanford Hospital, excuse me, uh, in the Sioux Falls you know, region. And I, I spent a time, basically the month of January one year, just shadowing Bill 40 hours a week. And I got to see a lot of different things that, excited me. Um, there were some components of athletic training that I saw. There were some components of managing post-operative guidelines. Um, and then there was a lot of creativity. And through that, and then going back and, and speaking with BG and Andy and Jeff, um, I kind of decided that that was part of my path was to go down the route of, of physical therapy. Um, you know, I also have to give a, a shout out to coach Tom Billiter, who was the men's basketball coach who kind of supported me through that journey. Um, even though he probably doesn't fully realize that's what he did. He did. He kind of pushed me to be better as a student athletic trainer, which um, part of that fueled my ability f- and the love for managing people across the spectrum of health rather than just the preventative care or the post-operative care or the post-injury care. Um, so, you know, whether he realizes it or not, like I said, I think that he did have an influence on that cause he shot, saw some of the things that I was passionate about. Um, so, you know, I, I decided to pursue physical therapy. I did some more research. I did some additional shadowing hours. Um, and I had the opportunity to be around a lot of people who are passionate about the, the profession. And that ultimately landed me at, at Creighton university in Omaha, Nebraska, where I was very fortunate, um, to be in the class that I was in. Um, you know, there was 49 other therapists, you know, future therapists that were in my class. And we went through a lot of fun times together, both inside the classroom, inside the lab and outside of class. Um, and, and that obviously helped in my professional development because I saw other people who loved the profession like I did. Um, you know, I feel very blessed to be a member of the Creighton family and the alumni network and the faculty network. Um, and I'm very grateful for all of the professors that I had at Creighton. You know, there were a few people during my student times that really stood out to me. Um, obviously it was the people in the musculoskeletal course sequence, you know, Judy Gale, 
um, JB Barr, and then the residents that were there kind of during our musculoskeletal musculoskeletal course sequence of Michelle Riley, Ross Holsling, and and Bridget Epperson. Um, they kind of showed me the fun side of therapy and the fun side of teaching and engaging students at a different level that inspired me to truly consider pursuing a residency. Um, during my clinical time, you know, there were other people that were really influential in challenging me to better, better the profession. And those two people were instrumental and true, awesome people in the world of physical therapy, Dr. Teresa Cochran and then Dr. Gail Jensen. Um, I had the privilege of doing a, a scholarly third year project with the two of them and just how they challenged me and my, and my cohorts of D Dr. James Boone and Chris Cameron to challenge ourselves to better the profession and have a role and a voice in our profession was something that I still carry very near and dear to my heart. Um, and that is kind of part of why I wanted to do this version of a podcast of sharing our journey and connecting that back to bettering the profession. You know, I had a whole host of clinical educational opportunities like we all did in PT school, but there was one that kind of stood out to me and I'm still very grateful for the things that they taught me. Um, I was fortunate enough to spend 20 weeks. Yeah, 20 weeks. That was a long time at Hot Physical Therapy in Council Bluffs, Iowa. And, you know, the three therapists that I worked with then are still there. And I think that speaks a lot to the philosophy that Dennis has created, Dennis Hopp, Stacey Mateo, and Alyssa Bass. Um, those three were there when I was there. And they kind of instilled in me the, the foundations of who I am as a manual therapist. I remember Dennis telling me on one of the first couple days that, he was going to help me develop the proprioceptive system in my hands and be able to feel tissue and restrictions at a different level than what I was taught in PT school. And he wasn't knocking what I was taught in PT school, but he was saying that there's a different level of specificity that we can get to. Those of you that are uh, avid podcast listeners, you know, we talked about this with Greg Johnson about the level of specificity that we can get to with our hands. And this is something that, that was instilled in me through HOP. Um, and I'm very grateful for that because not only did they tell me to te and teach me to develop it through my hands, but through my forearm, my ulnar border, through my olecranon process, Dennis said he wanted to teach me to get the same level of, of proprioceptive feedback through my knee. We never got to that. We didn't have patients that were appropriate for that, but I, I know that that was something that he really wanted to teach me as well. But I remember very distinctly multiple times of Dennis teaching me or Stacy or Alyssa, Alyssa te teaching me to, to feel, and they would put their hands on my hands and they would help me guide and, and teach me where those restrictions were. I, I've seen those same things in some of my professional continuing education through the Institute of Physical Art with, uh, with Brent Yamasha, Greg and Ryan Johnson, and all the other instructors who have done the same thing. And I feel like that foundation came back to me through HOP and I've been able to help do that with fellow colleagues that I've been have, have the privilege to mentor uh, within Spooner Physical Therapy and being a lab assist through the IPA courses of helping my hands guide their hands and developing that sense of touch and proprioceptive feedback through my system. Um, so that's something I'm very, very indebted to. Um, even though it was a 20-week clinical and, and I didn't see a lot of true outpatient ortho post-operative patients, it's still something that I, I hold near and dear to my heart. Which, you know, that assisted in my 
my journey to want to know more. And knowing that I wanted to work in an outpatient clinic, I sought out residency. And I was fortunate enough to be uh, accepted into the residency program in orthopedic PT, um, where I got the privilege of being involved in the didactic curriculum within Creighton, as well as treating patients in the hospital. And through that, you know, we got a lot of awesome mentorship with, again, JB Barr, Bridget, um, Andrea Niebel, Jeff Ebert, and then all of the, the faculty at Clarkson PTA, where I was actually on faculty as a part-time um, teaching a class. And, you know, reflecting back on the influence that those individuals had on me and creating a solid foundation of clinical reasoning, of trying to develop and understand the why behind the things that I did, man, but they also taught me that gosh, there's a lot that I still don't know. Um, you know, at that time I got to spend a little time with Terry Grindstaff and participate in some research and really start to analyze from a clinical level, like, you know, what is the research truly telling us and what are we looking for? And why didn't the people get better that we thought were going to get better? And those were the people that really spurned my mind more so than the people that got the result that we anticipated. Um, and that's something that I think I've still tried to carry near and dear to my heart as well as I analyze research and as I educate our staff and part of on the podcast is about being evidence-informed practitioners and also looking at the people that don't meet statistical significance. And why didn't they? Uh, we also had lots of great discuss discussions with the fellow residents and those people are some of my best friends still to this day, you know, Scott Keenan, um, Dan Witte and Aaron Danielson. So, uh, you know, I, I feel like those people have been part of my journey and challenged me to be better and still challenge me to be better. I mean, whenever I see those guys and, and talk with them, even if it's on podcasts with Aaron, they always stimulate new levels of thought that challenge me to be better. Um, and, and I think that that's part of, again, one of the things I want to instill in our listeners is whether you're in a clinic or a company that's big or small, you need to find the opportunity and find somebody that can stimulate you to be better whether that's a classmate, that's a continued education course, it's a podcast, that's reaching out to somebody in the world that you say, you know what, I've seen you, I've heard about you. I'm just going to drop you an email or shoot you a message on Facebook or LinkedIn or one of those other social media things that I don't really participate in that they may <laughs> um, and see if you're willing to get a response to help stimulate your brain and make you think and help you get better and refuel that passion. You know, I, I thought when I was going through residency and teaching at Clarkson that I really wanted to be an educator. And for some reason, that's not the path that I took. But as I joined Spooner Physical Therapy in the summer of 2011, one of my first interactions with Tim Spooner was, you know what, you are an educator. You get the privilege of educating every patient that comes through your door every single day. You get the opportunity to educate your technician and educate the staff that's around you. And he empowered me at a young age that even though I only had a year and a half or a year of clinical experience, that I still had something to bring to the table. And that's something that I, again, is important for us in our profession to realize that 
just because you've been out 25 years doesn't mean you can't learn something from, learn something from a student or somebody that's been out one year. Why? Because they're going to have a different perspective. And I think that's part of our professional responsibility to know and own that, that we need to be open to hear the voice from all aspects, from our patients, from our therapists, from our colleagues, from our mentors, from those students, from the, the academia world. Um, that, that's something that we just have to continue to push and encourage in our profession. You know, as I came on to Spooner PT in 2011, you know, obviously there's, I, I joined a team with some awesome clinicians. I joined a company with some awesome clinicians and I was provided the opportunity to have an access, a network and an access level to, to a, a very broad continuing education fund. Um, you know, post-residency while I was going through OCS prep and, and FaceTiming and Skyping with the fellow residents, Dan Scott and Aaron, and kind of going, you know, topic by topic, I was, I felt a level of comfort and confidence. But yet then when I would step back into the clinic, Tim Spooner, Tori Foster, Ryan Foster, Jacob Hyatt, Kim Rondina, Michelle Babcock, they stimulated me in a different level, asking me to understand my why, to articulate my why, to challenge my why, to challenge the things that I was reading as I was preparing to take the OCS exam. And you know, some of them were OCS and they were like, you know what? It, it was it was well worth the journey. It's a part of our journey. It's a part of fueling our brains. You know, throughout that entire process and that year of, of studying, you know, Sarah Guyano was right next to me and it was Sarah Wyckoff at the time. And we had a lot of discussions, even though she wasn't necessarily preparing for OCS. But, you know, we were kind of in a similar part in our, our professional career of joining a new private practice for us and kind of navigating that entire spectrum. And, you know, I'm grateful that I can call her a professional colleague for eight and a half years and a friend for longer than that. But, you know, it's it, it's interesting to look back and the conversations that we've had of like, oh my gosh, what did we get ourselves into? Like, are we going to have a job? <laughs> Is our clinic going to stay afloat? Are we going to have to move clinics? Um, asking to see more patients and to get them better faster and, you know, managing busy season and going, oh my gosh, how did we just make it through that? What is going on in our heads? And having conversations at night on the phone after clinics days, just kind of scratching our heads being like, gosh, is this really what we want to do? That struggle both kind of hit us in February, March, April of our first year in private practice. And it's kind of hard to put into words like how I made it through. I know I had some conversation with Larissa Shaps and Carrie Schofield and, and Sarah about like, how do we manage this? How do we how do we manage this burnout? How do we get over this proverbial hump in, in our professional careers? And man, it was hard. And there's times over the last seven years that it's still been hard of like managing the volume and managing the business side and managing avoiding burnout, you know, and we've had some conversations that Jen Lee has led about managing burnout and some strategies to handle that. But it's real in our profession, guys. Like the lifespan of a therapy provider is only like 12 and a half to 15 years. And I have a big time problem with that. 
like we go to school, we 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 pour our heart and our soul and our brains and our body into our professional education. And we spend a lot of time and money doing this. And 12 to 15 years isn't long enough for me. That's one thing I want to see change is like that number tick up. Why? Because we love our profession and that we can realize and recognize when we've had struggles and how to get over those struggles and how to access environments and people and con ed courses to help us get over those struggles and those burdens um, and to change the world of physical therapy in the United States to where we are better and we provide awesome results and we can reflect on those individuals and those groups and those people and those businesses that have helped us get over those humps and those hurdles. But guys, the struggle is real. I would say for myself, it's probably every 12 to 16 months I go through one of those like, is this still really what I want to do? Do I want to leave the profession? Do I want to stay in the profession? Do I want to get out of patient care and go to all administration? Do I want to go back to school and study law or medicine or dentistry or something completely different? But I think that whenever I've come to one of those proverbial crossroads of where am I, and obviously my wife through the whole process is is right alongside me and I'm eternally grateful for that. You know, and her and I have been able to have conversations throughout the years and she's just like, look, like whatever you're going to do, I'm going to support you. Um, and obviously that's, that's phenomenal. And it seems like when I get to one of those crossroads of the struggle, of, of having difficult patients, of not knowing how to help those patients, of still going to my mentors and asking questions and still feel like I'm not helping those patients and I'm not helping myself. For some rhyme or reason, whether it's a podcast with Paul, Jen, Andrew, again, Andrew Walquist, one of my, you know, one of my mentors and proud to call him a, a friend and professional colleague, something has has lit a spark that's re-engaged my passion. And it's pretty cool to take some time to share the journey with you guys. And hopefully you're grateful for the journey that I'm able to share. But it hasn't been without struggle. You know, obviously taking some continuing education courses through the Institute of Physical Art and being exposed to the likes of Greg Johnson and Brent Yamasha and Ryan Johnson and some of the other faculty that I've been able to take courses with. It's been amazing of looking back on some memories of, you know, something I posted a couple weeks ago about, man, not only is this course, which was functional mobilization two in, I think 2012 or 13. Um, not only is this making it, no, I'm going to make a change in my patient's lives, but it's going to make a change in my life. Um, I, I'm eternally grateful for that. You know, that, that was a course with Greg at, I think the rehab Institute of Scottsdale, but I could be wrong. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough through this podcast to be able to spend additional time with Greg and ask him questions and spend some time getting to know him as a, as a man and as a husband and as a father and as a physical therapist who has helped transform and better our profession and instill those things in his faculty, in his patients, 
and in the world of physical therapy to be better and and to be better not only as a physical therapist but first and foremost as a human you know and then through spoon physical therapy and tim's relationship with gary gray having the ability to spend some time one-on-one with gary doing some podcasts as well as on the golf course and getting to know him as a man and the humbleness that him and greg both display is something that is really inspiring and those those times when i've i've really had those struggles about where i'm headed as a professional and as a person it seems like those opportunities with greg or brent or ryan or gary have really helped me and i'm eternally grateful for those things you know i alluded to it a little bit about the struggle of managing patients and managing complex patients and and i can't go without again reflecting on on that and my journey to say you know the more i know the more i realize i don't know and it's the proverbial i open one door after taking a con ed course or having a stimulating conversation with a mentor or a colleague or a student and i open that door and i step through that door and i go oh my gosh there's 360 that i doors now and things that i don't know i think when we step through that door and we see all the things that we don't know we also have to realize all the failures that we've had and i don't want to dwell on them i want our therapists to know that yeah i've failed i failed with patients um it's the and that's going to happen but it's what happens after the failure i mean i've heard stories from my mentors of after they failed with patients what they've done they've went back they've studied the books they've studied anatomy They've challenged their hands. They've challenged their movement understanding to say, you know what? Next time that patient comes through the door, I'm going to be better. And that, that that's a tough thing for all therapists and professionals to do. But I think it's huge. And it's something that I've learned from some of the people I've mentioned previously and, and the mentors and the influences that they've had on me. And some of it's re- related to the failures that they've shared that I've had, that we've had together and how we're going to make it how we're going to make ourselves better i mean that's something i can't stress enough to any therapist and then ultimately i i think as that next difficult patient walks through the door it's our job to seek out additional information and ask challenging questions and say you know what patient i don't know the answer but here's what i'm going to do for you I'm going to seek out resources. We're going to try some things and just trying to put it out there for them that, look, I don't have all the answers. I'm never going to have all the answers, but I'm still committed to you and to this process. The same way I'm committed to, you know, the company and bettering Spooner Physical Therapy, the therapist that we have in it, the professional relationships we have through you know, our commitment to bettering the community and our therapists, as well as, you know, our professional relationships through the varying continuing education courses that we've taken. And I'm humbled every single time I step foot in a con ed course where 
the people that are leading it have a similar path where they're like, guys, at one point I had no idea what I was doing. Five years ago, I wasn't a very good therapist. Eight years ago, I wasn't a very good therapist. I hope today that I'm a better therapist than I was yesterday and that I was five years ago, but I still know that there's a lot to learn. That's part of the journey. That's a part of the professional development. That's a part of going through the process of personal change that is so instrumental in our profession. It's really easy to get caught up in the grind of patients day and day and day and the documentation and the chart reviews and the compliance and the changes from Medicare and billing rules and payer rules and all of those things that can be very easily a burden and saying, you know what, that's just part of what we have to do is navigating those things. But to find outlets to challenge ourselves, to understand that, you know what, I don't have all the answers. Jen doesn't have all the answers. Paul doesn't have all the answers despite having a photographic memory. Cheater. Um, <laughs> but to surround ourselves with people who are going to support us, challenge us, make us better, and allow us the ability to clear our minds and to reflect and to, and to provide a fresh perspective so my challenge to you guys as as listeners, regardless of the setting that you work in, whether it's one or two providers, a solo provider, or in a big clinic, big company, is to take a step back, whether it's with a difficult patient or where you are in your professional development, and allow yourself the flexibility to clear your mind ask for help. Say, you know what? Golly, I've been working for the last four sessions on this same thing with this patient. I need help. You know, with technology, there's a way to get in touch with somebody if you're by yourself. Whether that's with somebody through our podcast or somebody in your network or your professional network or posting on a forum of saying, you know, I need help with this, guys. When you allow yourself the freedom and the flexibility to take a step back and allow you to clear your mind, I think you're going to be re-energized about where this profession can take you. There are so many awesome opportunities in this profession of ways to help people. And I don't even think we fully realize and know all the things that physical therapists are going to be involved in in the next 10 to 20 years. You know, we're already seeing us in emergency departments, in um, employer settings and manufacturing lines, you know, involved in professional sports arenas. And obviously then in the traditional settings of home health, you know, inpatient, outpatient, skilled nursing, peds, women's health, vestibular. I mean, all of those things, visceral health, gut health, all of those things that are so powerful for our patients. But I think we're just touching the surface. So allow yourself to take a step back, breathe, and put on a fresh look. Um, that's one of the most fun parts about my job is being able to interact with hundreds of different therapists and always taking something away from them. But you know what? It's, it's because of that path and all of those people that I mentioned by name, not because I want to give them credit, which I do, 
but I want them to know how much they shaped my foundation and allowing me the opportunity to take a step back and breathe and be okay with that. Um, you know, there's a, there's probably hundreds of other people who have inspired me to do more that I apologize for not mentioning by name, but you know, it's, it's something that in our profession, it's a grind and it's something we, I think it's okay to share our journey, whether you write it down in a journal or you share it with a friend or a colleague or your spouse, but having the ability to self-reflect and take some time to give yourself the ability to uh, clear your mind is hugely important. You know, I, I kind of here in closing, I'm, I'm hitting that 31, 32 minute time period. I want you to know that I don't have all the answers. I never will. And our role here on our podcast is to help stimulate your brain. For us to have engaging conversations with, you know, the co-hosts on the podcast and other members of our profession and that our journey across the movement spectrum is going to continue to grow and get better. And I really hope at some point in time we are refuting things that we've talked about in previous podcasts because we know more than we did then and that our podcast doesn't become dull and dreary and repetitive, but we continue to have engaging conversations about things that we're passionate about and that you out there in listener land are passionate about. We absolutely love to get feedback and hear about your journeys. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to somebody who had reached out to us and thanked us for our podcast and that's kind of helped him along his his journey. Adam Krause is his name. He kind of reached out to us and said, hey, thanks for what you do. I appreciate it. Um, so, you know, just a quick shout out to Adam as a listener who's given us some feedback. And guys, let, trust me, that that means more to us than you guys probably even realize that our stories, our ability to have engaging conversations is reaching you. So please continue to give us feedback and provide ideas and ask questions and challenge things that we've said. I think we've got some fun content coming forward. I look forward to hearing the journey from Jen and Paul and hopefully Andrew in a couple in the coming months that I can capture that and let them and give them the freedom to kind of share their journey like I did today. I hope that my story helps provide some clarity on where I am as a professional and my and, and still young in my professional career, you know, being about nine years removed from PT school helps shed some insight into where my approach is with patient care and influence in our profession. Um, I hope that we can continue to inspire you all as movement professionals and evidence-informed practitioners and the the cohort of of professionals who are going to continue to strive to make the physical therapy profession better and well more well known and well regarded in, in the world of medicine. 
So, you know, as always, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at therapistinmotion at spoonerpt.com. Um, thanks for checking in and, and hanging out and listening to my journey and allowing me the opportunity to, to, to share that with you all. And um, have a great day.